0: Broadcasting from the plottiespodcast.com. you're listening to Beyond the Movement with your host, Heidi Miller. Hello, and thank you for joining me with Beyond the Movement, the Pilates Podcast. I'm your host, Heidi Miller. Today marks our 13th episode, and in today's episode, we're going to be talking about the man behind the method, Joseph Pilates, and his history. We're also going to be answering some questions that I received over email, and I really appreciate those emails that I've been receiving, and I look forward to listening to more of you. The history that I'm going to be giving you, I learned while I was in school at the Plotty Center in Boulder. If you're interested, you can go to their website, which I will have on the web on the show notes, and you can check out a more detailed version of the history. Joseph Plotty was born near a small town in Düsseldorf, Germany in 1880. His mother was a naturopath and his dad was a world-class gymnast. Joe was a sickly child. He had asthma, rickets, and he was really picked on as a kid and so this started his lifelong journey for fitness at an early age he was studying eastern and western types of exercise such as yoga zen roman and german regimens by the age of 14 he had built his body up so much that by the time by this time he was used as a model for anatomy charts Joe was also very interested in other forms of exercise. He was a boxer, a gymnast. He did skiing, diving. And there's two versions of how he ended up in England. In 1912, the version is that he went there as a boxer. And in 1914, the version is that he went there as a um, circus act. Him and his brother did a Greek statue act. In 1914, World War I had broken out, and Joe had been recruited to be part of an internment camp. With that, he had started to develop his contrology exercises, which we now know as matwork. So he started to train his fellow internees in this contrology and also started training them in self-defense and other forms of movement. He was then moved to another internment camp, the Isle of Man. And here he was thought of as, as somewhat of a nurse. And so he was rehabilitating other um, internees uh, who were bedridden. They were um, really sick. And so he started to, to use the bed springs for their uh, limbs and started devising some exercises based on his contralogy work. And this started his mind thinking about the use of equipment with the Pilates method. In 1925, Joe didn't really like the the direction that Germany was taken, so he decided to move to the United States. On his way over to the United States, he had met his wife, Clara, and Clara was a kindergarten teacher. She was suffering from um, arthritis, so on the way over to America, he was helping her with some of the of the exercises. So in in once they moved to America, they moved to New York and they opened up a um Pilates studio at 939 8th Avenue and this plotty studio was in in real close proximity to um, the dancers of New York. So this is how Um, Pilates became really intertwined with with the dancing world, and a lot of the dancers would come to him for rehabilitation as well as just um, some balancing in their work. A lot of these dancers then, who learned from Joseph Pilates then became teachers themselves, and they are now known as the elders. There was five elders, and three of them are still alive today. When Joe died in 1967, Clara took over the studio until she passed away in 1977. They believe that Joe died from complications due to smoke inhalation when they had a fire in the studio. Romana Krasinowska, who was an elder of Joseph plauti's has now taken over the studio and is still there today. So that's the, the down and dirty version of the history of Joseph Pilates. And again, if you want to get... Um, a little bit more detailed information on that, you can go to the website at the Plenty Center in Boulder. And again, I will have that on the web notes. The second part of the show, I would like to address some emails that were sent to me and answer some questions for you. The first one is from Xavi in Barcelona, Spain. And she says, I find that it is very easy to find a therapist in any field, but very difficult to find one that can be taken as a master. And this body-mind technique, I think it is more important than ever because of the spiritual part of it. And it is not only a question of knowledge, it is a question of profile. Not everybody has the mind maturity to become a master. And she says, it is like you said that you classified students in two kinds of levels, physical and mind level. So to answer that question, she's correct as far as not every person who is going to be a Pilates instructor out there is going to have the mind maturity to be taking people to these, you know, to be taking people on these spiritual paths. But what I have found in my studio is that. Um, No matter where each instructor is, students will automatically attract themselves to those instructors based on what they subconsciously are looking for as far as their spiritual path. So I think that every Pilates instructor out there offers something to the students out there, and the students out there will know when they align themselves with those instructors um, whether or not that instructor can take them to the depth of the knowledge that they want to get to within themselves. And so once you, as a student, have achieved the level that you want to achieve with that instructor, you will automatically seek out another instructor. And I really do believe in in the law of attraction in the sense that um, as Pilates instructors, we will attract the kind of clients that um, – really want to work with us. And some some students will come in and they won't align with us. They won't agree with our technique. But, you know, that's why there's, mul- you know, you can have a network of multiple instructors that you work with within the studio and even outside of the studio. Just the other day, I had a um, student who um, had worked with another instructor who really liked him as an instructor, and but she didn't know where he was. Well, I did know where he relocated to, and because I knew that she really liked this person, I knew she was aligned with him, and because his technique is different in the sense that he has a different level of that mind maturity than I do— then I figured that it would probably be a good fit if she knew where he was. And I, I told her that she could be, she'd could she be more than welcome to come to my studio. But if she really wanted to know where this person was, I gave her the address. And that wasn't, you know, I wasn't going to gain anything out of it. But what I was gaining was the knowledge that that was probably the right fit for her and that, you know, she was going to get the proper instruction on the Pilates method. So that's kind of my Answer to that question is that based on that level of physical mind versus mind, you know, body mind level, you know, each person will then attract themselves to the teachers that give them what they're looking for. And if you're new to Pilates, I think that the quest of knowledge will start to awaken within you and you'll know if you have gone to the level you can with your instructor and when you need to move on to find somebody who can bring you to deeper levels. So I hope that answers the question for Xavi in Barcelona, Spain. And again, I thank you uh, for writing in. The second question that I have is from Bill in Alaska. And his topic that he'd like for me to address is how Pilates can or should optimally be fit in with one's regular fitness program, cardio strength, flexibility. And he says that Pilates is his flexibility and core strength. So, you know, Pilates can be used as a, as the um your main form of exercise if you were to do um Pilates five or six days a week. Um, and, you know, and, and definitely at the higher levels as far as having that smooth and flowing movement with the depth in your core, but also the the quickness of the movements. And that can also give you some um, cardio aspects to, um, to your flexibility and strength training. There's a vast amount of exercise that you can do in Pilates that you can even, um, you know, kind of tailor the movements a little bit towards what your goals are um, that day. Um, And that's coming from my background as a um, personal trainer before the Pilates method. So, um, you know, you want to stay within the um, routine, but then you can add with the optional exercises in Pilates to the routine that you've just done. Um, in a way that you know gives you some strength training aspects that you may be looking for. Example would be um, on the um, Cadillac and the parallel bars. You know doing inversions, um, Swedish bar exercises, and things like that. It gives you an extreme amount of upper body strength with that flexibility and strength in your core at the same time. So you can kind of use the Pilates method in ways. That can give you that strength and flexibility, as well as the aerobic component. If you get the smooth and flowing movement of the of the mat work routine, or the or the higher level routines. Now, in as far as making that a part of what you're already doing in the cardio and strength aspect, if you're doing weight training or cardio work on treadmills, etc., you can use what you know in the Pilates method, as far as the alignment. The um, just the attention to detail when you're exercising, especially with strength, you know, maybe not using as heavy a weight, but really concentrating on on how you're you're using that weight. Um, there's lots of different ways, and there's a great book out there which is also on my website by Brooke Seiler the Pilates Body or the Pilates Challenge. I can't remember the name of it right now, but it is on the on my um, website in the bookstore section by Brooke Seiler. Um, it has a red cover. But that, that book really addresses how to take the Pilates method into the gym. And her background as well is, is um, being a gym rat like myself before coming to the Pilates method. So I think that, um, uh, you know, you can, again, use the Pilates method as, it's, as the um, one and only way to exercise. Um, or you can add it to, you know, use the Pilates principles in the other ways that you're already exercising. Even when you are using uh, other forms of exercise with the Pilates method, I do think that uh, three times a week would be, um, you know, a pretty good addition to it. And, you know, listen to your body because your body will pretty much tell you when you really want to, you know, um, use some of those exercises. And I, I direct my clients sometimes of, you know, even just doing the basic five exercises every day and not so much on how quickly they're going through it, but really focusing on how they're doing it. And what you'll notice is that the basic five movements can get you pretty worked up if you really, if you really focus hard and get really deep into the core. So that ends our session today. And again, we're we're um, with our series of, of contemporary versus classical Pilates and how Pilates has evolved. You know, not so much in the exercises, and maybe as I do some research, I'll find out that some of the exercises have changed, but more so in. Um, you know how the exercises are being thought of and how they're being performed. Um, but if anybody has any thoughts in regards to that topic, I would love to hear from you. You can email me at Heidi H E I D I at the dot com, and you can also uh, shoot me over a voicemail, which you'll see on the contact page. And the website is www.thepilatespodcast.com If you're new to Beyond the Movement, there the episodes are archived, so. If please feel free to um, check out the other episodes and ask any questions in regards to that. Also, don't forget to check out the forum um, on the website so we can get some more interaction there. Thank you for tuning in, and I'll look forward to talking with you next time. I'm your host, Heidi Miller.